is Fantasy Baseball today. It's Sunday, July 17th. Hello, everybody. Set your lineups for Fantasy Week 16. Adam Azer, Al Melky, or Scott White. Al, are you still winning in the podcast league? You beating me? I know you uh, are. I'm, you I'm are not, barely holding up. I was going to say, I'm, I'm not up to date uh, no. on that. In fact, I haven't really checked it out all day. I'm, it's I've a got, big week. It is. It is. We're very, very, very close going into today. CJ Wilson may just have saved your, saved your I know. fantasy high. Didn't you say he wasn't? Uh, Not an all-star, but, you know, yeah. he's still good enough to be on a fantasy team. All-star for you. This <laughs> good week. enough to be on a fantasy team. That is quite an endorsement. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, is he good enough to start going forward? Yes, of course he is. But how about the rest of the league? Some of those fringe guys. We've got it all for you right here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Email us, dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. D is in Doug, Evans and Mathis, fantasybaseball at cbs.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBS Fantasy News and on facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Let's kick it off with Scott White's hitting planner. Scott's hitting planner and Al's pitching planner are available on our website every week. So there is one team playing eight games. That would be the Minnesota Twins. One team playing five games, the Oakland A's. Any reason to start any A's this week? <laughs> as bad as that offense is, I, I can't imagine myself starting any of their, their players in a mixed league. I have Suzuki as a sit this week. He's a borderline guy. I, have, I don't have Coco Crisp as a sit, but I probably would sit him. All right. Jemiah Weeks, I have him as a sit. Yeah, uh, he turned it around a little bit, but only five games for the A's. Now the Twins have eight games, so who are some fringe Twins that need to be started I think Ben Revere comes to mind. Ben Revere, I think, is a big one. Uh, not only eight games, but actually good matchups in those games against kind of a restructured Indians rotation a bit. And uh, I'm blanking on who the other team is. But another a, a bunch of bad pitching matchups. So it's going to yeah, be a good weekend good. for players Good like week that. for the Twins. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the rest of the league plays either seven or six games. We'll go through it position by position. First, the five best matchups, obviously the Twins. The Marlins have good matchups. The Mets, Braves, and Rays. Anything to contribute there? The Tigers is the other team the Twins yes. are facing. And outside oh. of Justin Verlander, they don't have anybody good with Scherzer struggling. So if you have Twins, Marlins, Mets, Braves, and Rays, could be a good week to start them. Five worst matchup, A's with five games. Padres, Giants, always good when those teams that can't really hit anyway have bad matchups. That makes things easy on you. But the Blue Jays and the Rangers as well. Uh, so that's interesting. Let's go with the catchers here. Start or sit, Ramon Hernandez, Scott. You got to sit him as well as he's performed, as well as his percentages look. OPS near 900 for the season, which is great for a catcher. But they don't start him more than two games in a row. For some reason, they keep mi mixing Hannigan in there. I guess it's because Hernandez is 35, but still other 35-year-old catchers have played more often than that. So... I'm hoping in the days ahead, Hernandez gets traded. Um, it might require the Red. The Reds might need to fall out of the race more for that to happen. But obviously, they have De Devin Mesoraco pushing to come up. So I think it's a situation to watch. But you don't want to get Hernandez active just yet. How about Wilson Ramos? Wilson Ramos, starter yeah, sit. He's a guy I like this week because, well, like Hernandez, he was only starting two games in a row, three games in a row. But now with Pudge Rodriguez hurt dealing with an oblique strain and, and suffered a setback over the weekend, it's all Ramos' job right now, and he seems to be thriving with the everyday at-bats, 400 with three homers and a 1050 OPS over his last dozen games or so. So uh, he looks like a legit, 
a legit power producer right now at that position. Al, Mike Napoli, he doesn't always play, but when he does, he's productive. He homered in his first game after the All-Star break. Um, would you start him, given that the Rangers have one of the five worst matchups this week? At, this week? Yeah, with him, it's really, I think it's a case-by-case situation because of, you know, what you, you point out. And, and Napoli's playing time isn't always steady. So, um, you know, he's the kind of guy who I think in even half a week's worth of playing. And if you play him at catcher where your options tend to be very limited anyway, that he can produce enough to to be worthwhile. But, again, you have to check out and see if you do have, um, you know, let's say Wilson Ramos who's going to play yeah. more regularly. So we move on to first base now. Carlos Pena has been cold since the All-Star break. Starter sit Carlos Pena. I'd say he's the guy to sit for the reason you said. He's been so cold, and, and at that position, you, you really don't have to start a guy like Pena, who when he goes bad is just downright awful. And uh, the Cubs matchups this week, they're getting Roy Halladay and Cliff Lee to begin the week, uh, Bud Norris and Wandy Rodriguez later on, so I think he could be in for a tough time. Aubrey Huff, Al. What do you think about Aubrey Huff this week? A lot of people still start Aubrey Huff. Yeah, I do in one league, but it's a deeper league, um, and I keep looking for alternatives there. So that pretty much tells you in a, in a, in a standard or a shallower league, uh, there's really no reason to be starting Aubrey Huff. Would you start Freddie Freeman over Aubrey Huff, guys? I guess I would. Yeah, not even close yeah. there. And Freddie Freeman over Carlos Pena? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I like Freeman this week. I like most Braves this week. I, they were in the top five matchups, hitting matchups, and four games at Coors Field to begin the week, so you got to like that. What about Brandon Allen? I wouldn't start him any of those guys over any of those guys you compared him to, and I think something would have to happen where he's, he's, he replaces Xavier Nady against left-handed pitchers before I considered Allen in mixed leagues at all. But obviously, with his minor league numbers, he's a player to watch. Yeah, and uh, Nady got to start today. It's Ted Lilly pitch for the Dodgers against the Diamondbacks. So, yeah, point taken there. Second base now. We talk about Kelly Johnson a lot. He's hot. He's cold. <laughs> Kelly yeah. Johnson, start or sit? Kelly Johnson is good enough that he's worth talking about, but not so good that he's ever started in as much as 80% of leagues. And that's the reason why yeah. we wind up talking about he's him He's good a for lot. a fantasy show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the perfect fantasy, fantasy show player. And he was heating up again right before the break. Um, seven games at home, that's always a good thing for him. And uh, enough matchups there against pitchers like Aaron Cook, Jason Hamill, Randy Wolf, Chris Narvis, and I think he'll be able to exploit it and, and have a pretty good week. Darwin Barney, Scott. Starter sit Darwin Barney. I think he's he's startable for sure if you need um, if you need a middle infielder. He, he's never really going to be just awful and, and bury you at the position but he has he ha- hasn't been great coming out of the break and like i referred to with uh carlos pena those two tough tough matchups against roy halliday and cliff lee i might side against darwin i might barney. side against darwin barney this week yeah al carlos guillen he is back for the tigers and they've been just so bad at second base what do you yeah. think about carlos guillen i think you you've got to sit him in just about any format for now um you know, he hasn't really produced a whole lot. Of, I mean, it's it's kind of silly to say that because he still hasn't played very much. But Guillen uh, is somebody who maybe in a deeper mixed league eventually could have value. But I think right now he's AL only if you're desperate. I mean, are you keeping him on your radar? Are you guys hopeful that Carlos Guillen could, could make an impact? 
he, he could. Um, I mean, it's just he hasn't gotten consistent, healthy playing time in such a long time. But he's certainly on my radar because yeah. if he can stay healthy, uh, he can be a factor. Let's go to third base now. Daniel Murphy, starter sit DM Daniel Murphy. I love the fact that the Mets are facing nothing but right-handed pitchers this week. Uh, and that, and that's good news for Murphy in particular because he's batting um, – He's batting well over 300 with an OPS over 800 against righties. So he's he's been right putting together the multi-hit games recently too. Hit, being he's been pretty hot recently. So I think he looks like a good sleeper, whether it's second or third base. What about Martin Prado, guys? Is he a must start? I would say so. He homered in his first game back, and uh, those are two relatively weak positions, third base in particular, he's eligible at. And like I said, the four games at Coors Field. Yeah. I think that's a pretty easy call. All right, so we like Daniel Murphy. We like Martin Prado. What about the third base situation with the Rockies guys? Al, Ty Wigginton, are you going to avoid him? Yeah, this week I'll avoid him. Um, You know, he's sort of a a borderline guy in, in a lot of cases because of playing time, because of streakiness. Uh, and I just think that most likely uh, you'll be able to find a better option. I, I think he's out, to be honest. I, I think uh, without another injury or without them losing faith in Dexter Fowler again, he's just going to be a, kind of a Mike Napoli. That's the frequency we'll see him starting, and that's not going to be worth it in mixed leagues. So then we move on to shortstop now, and Trevor Plouffe is back for the Twins. Al, thoughts on Trevor Plouffe? Well, it's sort of intriguing. Uh, Hit a homer the other day. Um, They've been using him as a designated hitter, the Twins have. And uh, actually, as a Plouffe owner in AL only, I had a a scare because uh, the Twins made a bunch of transactions today because of Scott Baker being put on the disabled list. Initially, it was reported that Plouffe was being sent down, which was very perplexing, but Plouffe will be with the team at least for the time being. I don't know if that's a signal that... Uh, you know, he's on the way out at some point, but in an AL only league, uh, you know, at least for the coming week, I think he's worth keeping active. How about Alexi Casilla staying with the Twins? Starter said Alexi Casilla. That is the other fringe twin. We talked about Ben Revere earlier. Alexi Casilla, I would put in that same category. Uh, what also helps his case, in addition to the eight games and the favorable matchups, all eight of those games are at home. And he hits 100 points better at home, which is kind of weird because you don't think of that park as a hitter's park. Yeah. But it works for him. It does work for him. <laughs> Stephen Drew, not much has been working for Stephen Drew lately. Would you start one of those eight-game twins over Stephen Drew? I think if I could afford to have both on my roster, I would start Alexi Casillo over Stephen Drew this week because it has been a rough road for Stephen Drew. Two lefties on the schedule for the Diamondbacks, and he's been sitting for Willie Bloomquist. More often than not against lefties, I know he got a start against one the other day, but um, he, he's, it's just it's not looking good for him right now. No, and speaking of sitting, not getting enough playing time, Meiser is Sturis. Got to sit him, right? Uh, I would. Yeah, yeah. No, just not enough. Not enough there. He's in Ty Wigginton territory. <laughs> he's in Mike Napoli territory, apparently. So we move on to the outfield now, and you know, good call telling us to start those Indians last week. or Well, I guess that was Wednesday. Grady Sizemore. Yeah. Did you ride him out again? No. No? Because he hurt his knee today. Oh, A bruised Brady. knee. They're calling it a bruised knee, but uh, Jeff Lipman was pointing it out to everybody within earshot. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Lipman's been known to do that. <laughs> he bruised his knee rounding first base, and how do you bruise something when you're not making contact with anything? And, and I, you know, I got to admit, I don't know. 
but uh, knowing his knee problems, it's not the knee he had surgery on, which is interesting, uh, but knowing his problems, really not just his knees, but everywhere, I'd probably avoid him this week. So well, stay tuned on that one, fantasynews.cbssports.com. How about Matt Joyce? Matt Joyce, there will be a lot of righties against the Rays this week, right? Yes, there will. Uh, and not only that, but Joyce has started to pick it up a little. I, I think two yeah. home runs in his last three games coming into Sunday, which is obviously a good sign for him. He's shown streakiness before. Uh, in a seven-game week, the Rays are facing five righties and some pretty pretty lower-end righties, including Lou Koshaver, uh, Freddie Garcia, Bartolo Colon, who's dealing with an injury of his own. So, yeah, I think it looks like a good time to get Joyce active again. Al Carlos Lee, starter sit this uh, frustrating outfielder. Yeah, and I think you have to sit him, and I don't even think it's – I don't know what the matchup situation is for him, but Bunch I don't, of righties. don't really much care. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think he gives you enough production. Johnny Damon, starter sit. I'm going to sit him for now. He's dealing with a hand injury. He's playing through it. He says his hand doesn't feel quite right, though, and – Hasn't done anything notable since he hurt that hand. So I, I just think a fringe guy like that already might as well sit him. Juan Pierre, four hits and two steals on Saturday. But really a lot of nothing in a, in a lot of other games. Well, no, I mean, he's, he's started to pick it up recently. That's four steals now in the last couple weeks, which isn't the Juan Pierre of old, but it's certainly a step in the right direction. And he's a guy we've seen put together some – lengthy hot streaks as far as batting average goes. So I still don't think we're going to see Pierre in the form he once was, but now seems like a reasonable time to use him. How about Mike Trout, Al? Yeah, I just don't trust him. I mean, he has something of a reprieve with um, we're just going on the uh, on the DL. But, uh, you know, again, just so young, uh, so inexperienced above uh, the, the lower minor league level. Um, you know, he's an intriguing guy to pick up and, and, you know, especially in a deeper league to give a try to, but, uh, I would, I would set him for now. Who do you like better in a deeper league here? Trout, let's say Chris Getz (laughs) or Niger Morgan. I guess if you're going to give me those choices, I'd probably, I'd probably go with Trout. In a roto league, I'd go with Morgan because he's going to help you in batting average and steals, but he sits against lefties, so that hurts him in head-to-head. Uh, Trout, I I don't have much confidence in him producing as a 19-year-old, and I don't know that he's he's going to stay up any longer than Borges' Borges's stint on the DL. But it's just, I mean, he's playing every day, and obviously you know there's some talent there. So if you're if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel like that, I, he's still worth owning last guy to talk about here someone i skipped over earlier at shortstop zach cozart who homered today and he's batting 400 al what do you think about cozart i'm not too excited i mean long term there's some intrigue there because he has decent power for a middle infielder but he's not a, a top shelf prospect um he is getting a chance to play regularly for the reds and certainly a big offensive upgrade over paul yanish so it's a shortstop option. Uh, actually, I don't think he's eligible there yet. Um, no, he is. He, he is. is okay. He entered with oh, that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah. All no, right, he, d- deeper leagues, Trevor Plouffe or Zach Cozart? Zach Cozart for on um, playing time alone. Okay. That makes sense. So we move on to the injuries, news, and notes now. 
Follow us at uh, fantasynews.cbssports.com for the latest injury news. And there are some suspensions to talk about as well. Jose Bautista, ankle injury, off day Monday. What can we expect from Jose Bautista this week? They're hoping he's going to come back Tuesday, and, and that's pretty much what they've been hoping all along. So I think there's a decent chance of that happening, but it, it still seems like a pretty quick turnaround for a guy. He's not even really taking batting practice yet. He, he has been in a walking boot. I, I think the the potential of him turning Tuesday is enough that you have to keep him active. He's yeah. the best player in fantasy. But uh, it's not a slam dunk. He's back at the beginning of the week. Ike Davis has just about three weeks to heal or else he's going to need season-ending surgery. So that's a situation to keep an eye on because uh, he could be very productive when he's back. But uh, he's got a bad ankle, may need surgery. Ryan Madsen returns for the Phillies. And you know what? Joe Nathan is the Twins' closer again, so let's lump them together, Madsen and Nathan. Who do you like better there? I like Madsen better. Uh, really? Short term, yeah, well, I do. Well, short term, but what, do we, what about his role? What about who's going to be the closer for that team with, like, ten closers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's like a lot of situations. Uh, you don't know for sure that he's going to um, – you know, that he's going to be producing for you a few weeks down the line. But, uh, you know, again, you can't say that about a lot of different situations. So, yeah. uh, you know, I like the skills. I like the production when he does get save opportunities. And Nathan, I think, will be fine. But, um, you know, he certainly had his struggles at times this year, too. So, uh, for now, I would I would certainly trust Madsen over Nathan. Francisco Rodriguez. So he had his contract changed a little bit here. The saga <laughs> that is yes. A-Rod. So now that whole, if he finishes 55 games, gets that $17.5 million option, that doesn't exist anymore. It, yeah. How does that change that, the situation? It, that changes everything for me. <laughs> I, I think given his track record, nothing against what John Axford has done this year, but I think it's it's a matter of time before Francisco – Rodriguez becomes the primary closer in Milwaukee. And, and actually, the Saturday night, um, K-Rod came in the eighth inning. Axford came in the ninth and got the save. But Axford did allow a run. Yep. And if he does that one or two more times and, and K-Rod keeps doing what he did, I think he – I'm not sure if he struck out the Scoreless side inning. or I struck out two batters. But uh, th- then I think they're going to make the switch there. And uh, I'm not sure they would have bothered to negotiate – that deal if that's not what they wanted to do because I think they're paying them half a million more to buy out. Yes, they are. So they're giving up half a million dollars to use K-Rod as their closer this year. It's pretty nice of K-Rod to give up that uh, that clause in the contract. <laughs> David Ardsma out for the year. Tommy John surgery, so you don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, David Ortiz and Kevin Gregg, they are both appealing suspensions. Do we have anything updated on that? I haven't heard anything. I haven't either. So, so I guess going no. into it, I mean, Greg's been awful, mm-hmm. but uh, Ortiz, <laughs> how do you approach him this week? I think you start him and hope for the best. Hope for the best. You know, a lot of times these are arbit- uh, not arbitration, but uh, suspension. suspension hearings. They take a while. Yeah, they yeah. take a while to get here, and it's possible he could drop it, but I don't see that happening. How about Jose Tabata? Did he have a setback in his rehab? No, it, it looked like he did, but then he didn't, which I guess is kind of confusing the word setback because if it looks like a setback, isn't it a setback to some degree, just not as much of a setback? I, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but <laughs> uh, there's still there's no clear return date for Tabata now after that 
maybe or maybe not setbacks. So uh, no reason to get him active. So let's look at some star players, whether or not they'll be available to you this week. Jose Reyes. Uh, yeah, he looks like he's going to come back Tuesday. And I would trust that he's going to come back Tuesday. They're, they're saying it's just going to be a one-day rehab assignment Monday. Get him active. Shane Victorino. That is less clear. He could also come back Tuesday, I think it is, uh, the beginning of the week. Um, and he has begun a rehab assignment. So I, I would probably lean towards starting him, but it's not as, it's not a clear-cut case. Carl Crawford. He, he looks like a clear-cut case. Going to come back uh, Monday. And they've already pushed him back a couple times. So he, he has plenty of rest. He should be ready to go. David Wright. They're hoping the 22nd, which I believe is Friday. Yes. So uh, he, he's begun a rehab assignment, too. So I, I'd say that's pretty likely, but half a week from a guy who wasn't producing the way he'd like before he got hurt. Yeah. I'd give him that weekend to prove himself. And Al Scott Baker on the DL, but it could be a short stay. Could be, yeah. Um, he's uh, dealing with a sore elbow, which uh, you know the team knew about beforehand. Um, but uh, he just had some concerns, Baker did, about how he might respond to starting uh, in one of the doubleheader games on Monday. So they just decided to push him back. Put him on the DL. It's retroactive, so he could be available as early as uh, this coming Thursday. Would, so, you, would you roll the dice? I would not, no. I mean, it's, it's, if he needs even you know two or three extra days, he's out for the week. So... Um, uh, he looked like he'd be a two-start guy. At best, he's one start. Might as well go with somebody else. There are plenty of options. And Sean Markham left today's start. More on him, fantasynews.cbssports.com. we got to look at the pitchers now before we quick pitch and read your emails later on in the show. Some one-start pitchers to consider. Al Aaron Harang, seven scoreless innings Thursday against the Giants. He's at the Marlins this week. Owned in 65% of leagues, would you start Aaron Harang? No, I would not start Harang uh, this coming week. He gets the Marlins this time, who uh, have uh, woken up offensively. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, you know, not the most robust schedule of late, but you know, still, they're, they're making the most of it. And uh, you know, Hanley's hot, Stanton's hot, uh, Lomo, even uh, well, you know, pretty much up and down the lineup. Uh, almost everybody's hitting at this point. So Harang is somebody you can certainly uh, trust most times when he's pitching at home. Uh, this game is in Florida, so, uh, you know, again, better options are available. So pass on Harang for this week. Keep them stashed. Yeah, there actually are a bunch of guys who are owned right in that same 64 65% range that uh, are interesting, pitching well at the moment. So Harang's one of them. Derek Holland is another. And two straight shutouts for Derek Holland, and he's got the Angels this week. But And, you know, the Angels aren't the toughest matchup, but those two uh, complete game shutouts, Mariners, Athletics, right? <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I know we we make reservations about you know these these kinds of uh, you know, these kinds of performances. You know, when they come against a team that's at the the bottom of the pecking order offensively, but especially with Holland, there's been such inconsistency, and even recently, there's been some real bombs. So uh, even with the back to backs, I I just am not trusting him uh, this week, even against the Angels. All right, hard maybe, man. To maybe please. in a two start week, I think is. When you would feel comfortable activating Holland after that, but mm -hmm. I, I agree, you need to see a little more for a one-start week. All right, another guy owned right in that same amount, sixty-one percent here. Vance Worley, five and one with a two-fifteen ERA. Worley is at the Cubs this week. Scott shaking his head. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's another guy, a one-start week. I just can't see myself starting Vance Worley yet. Don't trust the the, the Arsenal, the pedigree. 
just has a lot more to prove in my mind. Who do you like better, Worley or Javier Vasquez, who struck out 10 in his last start? I'd say I, I like Vasquez. In fact, I put in a claim for him in my shallowest league, 10-team um, mixed league. So I I think he's worth picking up. We we talked about it before, the his line since uh, that start against the Rays, I think it was in late in late May when he got his velocity up and has just been pitching consistently well since then. And, and this 10 strikeout performance was the best example of that. Uh, he's only owned in 39% of leagues, but Edwin Jackson is owned in 63% of leagues. He threw a complete game shutout in Detroit Saturday. He's at Cleveland this week. Any faith in Edwin Jackson? No, not in him either, although at least this time I, I can't discount the matchup because the Tigers are, are a tough team to do that against. Man, these guys, what do they have to do to please you people? Well, well here's the thing, and, and Scott really you know, made, made an excellent point here. At least if, if you've got two starts, there's food for thought there. There's you know, double the opportunity to, to rack up some points. But in, in a one-start week, uh, a guy like Jackson, who yeah, has yeah. just been so inconsistent, um, there's really no reason to take a gamble. So Phil Hughes started today, six innings, two runs, Sunday in Toronto. He's got Oakland at home, and he's only started in 44% of leagues. But did he get a swing and a miss he on did. his fastball? He did, six times, in fact. Six, six times? times. Well, wow. three times were in one at bat to J.P. Aaron Sibian. <laughs> but i, I got to be honest with you. Talk about this kind of matchup. He's only is throwing, it, like, that, 92. Is that factual, or are you saying that off the naked eye? Like, did you... Oh, no, I saw it happen. Okay. Yeah, I saw it happen. He's one at bat. He threw three pitches to Heron Sevilla. They were all right about 91 miles per hour, and the guy just struck out. It was pretty pathetic at bat. Yeah, I mean, I I would start him against the A's. I I would, too. And it's it's kind of funny because um, with the Scott Baker injury that you mentioned and and Markham, uh, you know, now I've been ranking a top 70 for the pitching planner, and Hughes just missed it. And so because of those two injuries – He's on there. Oh, so uh, right. you know, I like uh, like what we saw today uh, against the A's, and uh, you know that's two pretty good starts for Hughes uh, coming off the DL uh, with the good matchup. That's enough yes. to uh, trust him as a, a back of the rotation guy. And Al, you were not high on Ricky Nolasco when we did our Week 15 preview on Wednesday, but now in Week 16, coming off seven scoreless with seven strikeouts, and he's got the Padres. Yeah, well, that's enough for me. Um, he's looked better lately. Um, you know, this is the thing about Nolasco. He is maddening, maddeningly. Maddeningly? Thank you. Inconsistent. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, that is right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, he's just, yeah, once he gets, uh, you know, gets things going, he's he's pretty effective and even if you don't trust the consistency, the matchup is uh, good enough that uh, you should start him this week. Two start pitchers coming at you. Bartolo Colon, negative 14 points in a standard scoring points league last week. At Tampa Bay, home against Oakland, started in 56% of leagues. And what? yeah, Scott just like, you know, creating some wind energy here with the with the nodding of the head. Uh, uh, not the hap- shaking of the head? Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I don't think I'd want to mess with them during a two-start week because it wasn't just that last start. It, it's been a couple starts in a row now, and, and he hurt his he hurt his leg again, right, in, in that well, last start? Or? He didn't really hurt no. his hamstring. He just was worried about his hamstring. And Joe Girardi okay. said there's nothing physically wrong with him. He needs to mentally get over it. Get over it, buddy. Yes. Yeah, and, exactly. and, I, and I think recalling the highlights now, I feel like some of those hits – against him were infield singles Dribblers. that he was he was having to chase down himself. Yeah, and they were under yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't look very good. No. Regardless. No. 
Yeah, and I mean, and that's something that you know opposing teams can try to exploit too. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, that said, I think this is something that he can overcome since there is nothing physically wrong right. with him. Right. Oh, he can overcome. And I think he's he's a recommended start. Um, he's not as high end of a recommended uh, to start option as he uh, was prior to the break and prior to the injury. But um, there's there's hope for a rebound there, and if you, there there's really. There's not that many high-end two-start options this week. There's a lot yeah, of sort of yeah. mid-range ones. So if you're looking, you know, for somebody uh, either off the waiver wire, not that I think he's on waivers in that many leagues, but he's owning eighty-two percent. Yeah. So you know he's there. And uh, how about this? How he's, about he's, this? He's, he's he's reasonable. You one might be, start. You might be convincing <laughs> me. I just wanted to throw that out there. One start, Jeff Carstens, or a two-start, Bartolo Colon. To start Bartolo what? Colon. <laughs> what does Jeff Carson have to do? Shut out the Astros. Oh, he does have Cincinnati at home. Yeah, let's see matchup. how that goes. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's been pretty darn good all year. He's been okay, and he's another one of these guys. <laughs> I know I say this okay. about a, a lot of different different pitchers. You know, sort of. I think of him as like the NL Josh Tomlin. Yeah. Um, you got to pick the venues. He's he's pretty good at home. Pretty good in a pitcher's park, but he can be just a disaster. Um, when it comes to home runs. So I do worry about him pitching against the Reds. Alexi Ogando is a two-star pitcher. He is at the Angels, home against Toronto. Owned in almost all leagues, only starting 57%. Ogando, starter sit. Start him. Kyle Loesch, at the Mets and at the Pirates. Yeah, that one requires a little bit more thought, but um, especially in head-to-head leagues, Loesch has, been, has continued to be very efficient. Um, so no question that you would start him in head-to-head leagues. And I think even in rotisserie, you've got two pretty decent matchups. Um, he's a good good two-start option. Oh, I hate these matchups for Derek Lowe at Colorado and at <laughs> Cincinnati. I do, too. Even with the sinker ball, um, he could really get killed in those venues. Is it going to sink in Colorado? Yeah. That's what you got to worry about. So sit him? Yes. Would you start a one-star Jeff Carson's over Derek Lowe? I would. Yeah. I would. I would, too. Oh, all right. Now we're talking. Uh, Randy <laughs> Wolf at Arizona and at San Francisco. Yeah, he's, he's fine to, to start. Uh, the San Francisco matchup is a good one for him. Arizona's a little bit risky, but it's good enough for him to start. Jason Marquis at Houston and at the Dodgers. You know what? Marquis, his stats really, you look at them and you think, okay, two-star guy. He could fill out the back of the rotation for you. If you wipe out April, he's just been awful. <laughs> he really has. I, I looked at those splits, and uh, I'm not a marquee fan. I think I've said it before on the podcast, but uh, even I was surprised when I saw an ERA very close to five, uh, a whip that's at or above 1.5, just pretty miserable. Well, Chris Capuano is an interesting one. He's got two starts, and they're both against the Marlins. Yep. Start or sit? Weird little scheduling quirk there. <laughs> so... It means he'll shut out the Marlins the first time and get rocked the second time. They'll oh, yeah. cancel each other out, and you'll be glad you didn't start him. Okay. Uh, I disagree. Oh. Uh, Capuano's been, <laughs> been pretty good on a he consistent basis. Uh, sort of the opposite, Marquis. Wipe out April, and you've got a, a pretty nice season from Capuano. So I trust him twice against the Marlins and probably twice against almost any team this week. And they're owned in the same amount of leagues. Rick Porcello has interesting matchups. Home against Oakland at Minnesota. Porcello owned in 41% of leagues, started in 19. Start or sit? Uh, sit. Yeah, I knew Scott was going to say that. I agree with, <laughs> I agree with him. Okay, here's an interesting one. A guy with a 3.18 ERA at home, but he's got the Reds and Cardinals, and that's James McDonald. That is a little tricky because they're technically not good matchups at all with those those two lineups, but the home splits, uh, it, I think they mean something because, again, a fly ball pitcher who's got a home ball park, 
That's yeah. very good. Two pitchers. Uh, I would start McDonald this week. Would you start him over Marquis? Absolutely, well, I would. Would you start him over Capuano? No, no. Because uh, with McDonald, again, I have to make that, that uh, little side claim about, you know, he's good in the home venue. Capuano is just somebody that you can trust in a two-start week. No, no reservations. Would you give any thoughts to starting Capuano or McDonald to, over Bartolo Colon? Capuano, I, I would start over Cologne. McDonald, I, I actually wouldn't. Okay. Last guy here, Dontrell Willis at Pittsburgh, home against the Braves. I don't think we've seen enough from him to even talk about starting him in mixed leagues, to be perfectly honest. And well, we're talking about it right now. <laughs> yeah, because you made us, Adam. <laughs> you put Dontrell Willis on the rundown here. Well, I thought we had to talk about him at some point. Don't start him this week. He's only owned in 10% of leagues. Let's quick pitch. This is when you guys get to tell me who we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> so Scott's AL player, Eric Sogard, an A's infielder. He's second base eligible in our leagues. Yeah, and he's kind of low in to talk about, too, to be perfectly honest with you. But he is a personal favorite of mine. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Somebody who, through the, through the minor leagues, consistently walked more than he struck out. An on-base machine. Somebody uh, just perfect for Oakland in that regard. And, and usually hits for a good batting average, too. Doesn't, isn't going to be a guy who hits many homers. But uh, if he's able to translate that on-base ability to the majors, if he's able to steal some bases like he did in the minors, he could end up bumping Cliff... Pennington, I feel like, out of the lineup for the A's. He, he actually started one of the two games of the doubleheader Saturday in place of Pennington. Um, and he, he's just a guy who I feel like, because of that, that special quality of getting on base, he could end up exceeding the, uh, the scouting reports, the pedigree, and, and becoming a serviceable fantasy player. Worth a flyer in deeper AL-only leagues, I think, and, and see where it goes from there. That's Eric Sogard. By the way, good for Billy Bean getting Brad Pitt to play him in a movie. I don't, like, I don't know that he was responsible yeah, I don't for know. that. Well, I'd uh, still, I'd be bragging about that if I were him. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm personally, I'm looking forward to I think this is still the, uh, the, the casting call on this. Uh, uh, Royce Clayton playing Miguel Tejada. Really? Yeah. No kidding. That's interesting. Uh, Al's AL player is Alcides Escobar. Yeah, and I'm here to tell you, unlike Scott's uh, happy, cheery news on Eric <laughs> Sogard, I'm here to tell you to sell high on Alcides Escobar because there's a lot of uh, excitement about uh, his streak in June. That carried over a little bit into July, but the last 10 games, batting 250, only one stolen base, um, pretty much back to his old tricks. So I'd say sell high on him before... Uh, folks start to figure out that uh, he's cooling off. Scott's NL player is Clay Hensley. Yes, it is. Clay Hensley, the former closer of the Marlins, is now coming back from a shoulder injury as a starting pitcher. He's facing the Mets twice. He's kind of the uh, the antithesis of Chris Capuano here. <laughs> um, and it'll be interesting to see what he does. Obviously, that that's a that's an that's an okay matchup for him. Um, and Anytime you get a relief pitcher moving into the starting rotation, we've seen it before with Kyle McClellan, Brian Dunsing, Tim Stauffer. It's worth noting in fantasy. He doesn't necessarily have to be great in the role to be a good fantasy option in head-to-head -head leagues. 
And he, he's actually been a decent starting pitcher when given the opportunity in his career. 435 ERA in his career, but the last time he was consistently a starting pitcher was 2006. He had a 371 ERA with the Padres that year. So if he can come close to that and, you know, five years later in his career, I think he's probably more equipped to do that. Uh, he could end up being a viable mixed league guy, so somebody to watch closely in his two starts this week. Yeah, so Clay Hensley going to be another starting pitcher who is RP eligible. Al's NL player, Funky uh, Delivery Man. Funky Delivery Man and also in the uh, starting pitcher relief pitcher uh, basket, Josh Kalmenter. I uh, said sell high on Escobar, buy low. What? On Callmenter, yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> Changing my two because I know we all talked a, a lot of trash about Callmenter earlier in the year, but I think he's he's proven something, and the thing is now in his last five starts, he has hit a snag. He's given up uh, five earned runs or more in three out of his last five starts, but there's something of a reversal, which w- was happening early on when he was so good, um, and it looked like he was being very lucky. He's been apparently very unlucky uh, over the course of these last five starts, 337 BABIP, in spite of the fact that he's got uh, a league average line drive rate, still a very high pop-up rate, which is really how he's achieved his success. A lot of pop-ups, still doing that, still very good uh, command of the strike zone. So he's basically doing all the things that he's been doing all along, but just getting worse results. So good time to pick him up. And a two-start week this week, uh, he does get the Brewers and the, and the Rockies, but he gets the Brocky, Rockies away from home. So that could actually be a really good uh, good week for Kalmenter. What I think is going to be interesting about that Brewers start, that's the team he faced last time out when he had that rebound start. Interesting. And yeah. he hadn't faced them before that. So going back to yep. back, if the Brewers then figure him out. Yeah, that yeah. that'll that might say a lot about him going forward. That's a good really good point. So, you know, it's a it's a good week to to watch him a test week. I think the Rockies matchup is is a pretty good one for him. So I think whether you stash them, scout them, or, or play them, uh, it's, it's a good week for Colmenter. All right, we're going to play a little game here, friends. Five RP-eligible starters, rank them. Matt Harrison, Kyle McClellan, Carlos Villanueva got roughed up today, Colmenter and Hensley. Is Colmenter RP-eligible? I, I, I wasn't I, sure of that. I think he should be because he, he came in relief in a lot of games uh, before he started. I I don't know. Yeah, because nah, I'm not a, sure. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm. Let's say ninety percent okay. sure. Let's play okay. the game anyway. Yeah, let's play okay. it anyway. <laughs> Harrison, McClellan, Villanueva, Colmenter, Hensley. I will go Harrison, Colmenter, McClellan, Villanueva, and and Hensley, and see what Hensley does. Uh, that's exactly where I'm going, and I was actually really surprised to see you put uh, Colmenter ahead of McClellan. But I yeah, I, no, a, lot I mean, of, he, a lot of love for Colmenter. There, there's been a lot of good starts. There's just been. Some ugly starts, too. So. Yeah, so I uh, agree with that 100%. Then it's time for emails. Here we go. We start with Pedro, a Venezuelan living and working in Saudi Arabia. Well, welcome to the show, Pedro. D- very deep dynasty league. Player pool at 608 right now. My team is very solid with only one major hole offensively, and that's Cliff Pennington at shortstop. Eric Sogard. Oh, is that the answer here? Maybe. I don't know. Probably there's, not. There's no one better than Pennington on the waiver wire, and the asking price for the only shortstop on the trading block is way too high. So the only option to improve my team is signing or possibly trading for a rookie to be promoted. Apart from trading for one of the already signed rookies below, do you see any other prospect that could possibly be promoted to play regularly this year or even in 2012? Already signed rookies are Profar, Grant Green, Jose Iglesias, and Manny Machado. Uh, I think your best chance 
was is probably past now, and that was Zach Kozert. Um, honestly, in, in a league that deep, Sogard is is worth a look because I think it is possible he would replace Pennington. He would obviously be, be better than Pennington if that happened. But as far as big-name impact rookies, um, Nick Franklin is out there. I don't see him getting called up. But if he's not on your already signed list, he, he's a high enough upside guy that you'll want to look into him. Um, that's Yeah. Um, you know, of the list that he does give, I like Green. I don't know that Green will play this year, especially now that, you know, Sogard's getting a shot. But uh, I think he could be the regular as soon as next year. Right. I, I think Machado and Jerks and Profar are the two highest upside guys. They just might be a few might be a few years away. These people are crazy. I mean, good for you for playing in a league like this. That is that is dedication to fantasy baseball. Good for you, Pedro. Moving on. Chris in Kingston, Ontario. Hey, fantasy Jedis. Uh, I am not including myself in that one, fellas. I am not a Jedi. Without being 100% certain how the Brewers plan on using K-Rod, should I sit him this week for a two-start Tim Stauffer? I absolutely, uh, absolutely would. And I've got the flip side, by the way, in the podcast league where I've got Axford, and I'll stash him until the dust settles there in Milwaukee. So I think you've got to do the same with K-Rod. Justin in New York wanted to know if I should do a trade where I give up Ricky Romero and Lance Berkman to get back Michael Bourne, Kobe Rasmus, and Johnny Cueto. Giving up Romero and Berkman to get back Bourne, Rasmus, and Cueto. Unless it's a categorical situation where you need a lot of steals, doesn't make sense to me. Berkman's better than Bourne, and Romero's better than Rasmus and Cueto. Really? Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I love Cueto. That's good. <laughs> Apparently. That's good. <laughs> uh, from Richard, help me set my rotation for next week. Pick one. A one-start Vargas at Toronto, one-start Dempster versus the Phillies, one-start Lukey versus the Phillies. I think this one is easy. Uh, I would take Dempster against the Phillies. Lukey has been outstanding, uh, but the Phillies are going to be a much, much harder test for him uh, than what he's seen so far as a starter. And Vargas at Toronto, well, that's another fly ball guy in a home run park that could uh, implode. So Dempster by, uh, by default. And actually, it's not even by default because Dempster's pretty darn good. You guys were, were so right about Dempster being a, a buy-low guy. I wish I had listened to you and done something about it. Uh, Christopher in Whitefish, Montana. How would you rate my four W starting pitchers? I picked up the stream. That's pretty good. He's got four guys uh, with W in their last name. Dontrell Willis, Tim Wakefield, Randy Wolf, all two-star guys, and Vance Worley, one-star guy. Uh, he says nine starts, nine wins, but I only count seven. So seven starts, <laughs> seven wins here between Dontrell, Wakefield, Randy Wolf, and Worley. Yeah, probably not uh, seven <laughs> wins. Uh, some good news for Wakefield is that Lester will not come back until fantasy week 17. So it looks like Wakefield is safe as a two-start guy. Um, but I'm, I'm not particularly high on him You know, among the two-start options. I actually like Willis better. Uh, Wolf is the best option by far out of this group. And finally, Kevin in Boston. I currently, well, let's see. I'll skip around here. I'm torn between Tommy Hansen at the Rockies and a two-start Michael Pineda. Who do I go with between the two, or should I bench one of the other four? Matt Cain, David Price, Brandon Beachy, Anibal Sanchez. So how about this? Uh, Tommy Hansen for one start or Pineda for two? Boy, Hansen's a must-start guy, but he got roughed up last time out, and obviously at Colorado is tough. 
Pineda for two. Come on. I know. Well, I, I got to look it up because uh, Pineda, I think, has got some bad matchups. And not that I normally pay that much oh, attention to that for cares? him. Well, Toronto. But the only, <laughs> at Toronto and at Boston. And, yeah. you, oh, that is and the only reason you care is because he's got these other great options. Yeah, So true. in that scenario, you know, the risk matters. That's so, true. Yeah. That's got to go handsome. Damn it. You, you, you win again. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So uh, that's it for today's show. Thanks a lot, everybody. Send us your emails at dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. This has been Fantasy Baseball Today, previewing Fantasy Week 16. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.